0: Colossians chapter 1 is where we'll be. We only got one verse today to set us up for where we're headed this morning. And I really feel like this is a word for now, like right now where we are um, in life. And so, man, I hope you, you came today ready to receive a word. I hope you did. Verse 10, Colossians 1 verse 10 says, walk in a manner worthy of the lord walk in a manner worthy make make the moves in your life the moves you make in this life worthy of the lord to please him in all respects bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god father we thank you for your word We thank you that this word is is Holy Spirit-breathed, that it's good for reproving and pruning and and encouraging us. And I pray today, God, that you would build us, that today, Lord, you would conform us into the image of Jesus. I pray that. I pray, Lord, that we would be pliable this morning, that, God, we would take what it is you're trying to give us and, and apply it to our lives and trust you in the midst of it. I pray that jesus help us to walk in a manner worthy worthy of you in jesus name and everybody said amen amen listen before your seat, to tell five people say make a move make a move tell them say make a move make a move it's happening cwc how y'all doing today are you good yeah. come on are you with me yeah. amen well i hope you guys are good and i hope you came ready to receive a word if you're ready shout i'm ready." Amen. I like it. I like it. Listen, we got a really illustrative sermon today. And so we're going to need a lot of participation. Amen. A lot of it. Glory to God. Now, so look, man, so we've been in a series titled House of Miracles, right? We put it right there in the middle so everybody could see it, so there's no questions about it, what we are believing God for in 2021, what we feel like God spoke to us uh, for this year. The, the, the word is miracles, man, that, that this will be a house of miracles. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, this will be a house of miracles. Say it with some conviction, with a little bit of faith in your voice, like, I believe this will be a house of miracles. Amen. Amen. And the reason it will be not by our own volition, not by our own strengths or, or talents, but rather because the, the presence of God, we're going to allow him to fill us and use us, do whatever it is he wants to do in us and, and amongst us. And in a place like that, man, God will, God will move in power and might. Amen. Amen. Really quickly praise report before I, before I move on. Um, how many of you remember we, we prayed for uh, Jim Bob Shawley a couple weeks ago? Yeah, we prayed for him, man, incredible. God is amazing. And at the time that we prayed for him, man, things were real shaky. We were, you know, very, very nervous to say the least. I mean, we had faith, but still like, okay, God. Come on, God, like you gotta do something. You gotta move for us. And and man, it, it was incredible this week. So on Monday I went to to spend some time with him, right? We prayed for him the week before. Monday I went to spend some time with him, talk to the doctors. Hey, how you know, when are we gonna get him out of here? Hey, like, <laughs> he needs to see his family. You know, he needs to see his wife and and cause they weren't letting anybody to see him. He's been in there almost six weeks, not being able to see his wife or his family. I was the only one allowed to go in and see him because I'm a pastor, and so they gave me a a, a temporary chaplaincy. And so I could go in at least somebody familiar face, um, which I was, I was grateful for that, but, but man, he needs more than that. Like, you know what I'm saying? He needs his wife. His wife's a lot better looking than me. And so, um, <clears throat> but anyway, so I went in and I asked the doctor on Monday, Hey, Hey, wh- what are we looking like? When is he going to transfer out of here so that he can, he can see his family? Oh, I don't know, man. You know, we're not even thinking about that yet. We're not even, we're just not, we, we don't know. Come in Thursday. We kept praying, kept believing, come in thursday and the doctor comes in out of nowhere like we're gonna transfer him this week that he gets to see his wife and his kids and so man what an incredible so yesterday he got transferred to johnstown amen and uh yes yeah, so and now yeah come on that yeah the lord's good and so now he gets to to see his beautiful wife instead of ugly me but um yeah so it's it's incredible but but mean we believe in the power of, of prayer, we believe that God hears our our prayers, amen, and we believe in these miracles that God has has given us, and all these things we 've been studying over these past several weeks, right This is week eight, so up to this point, man we 've studied the miracle of salvation, the miracle of intercession, and the miracle of sanctification, right This miracle that God conforms us into the image of, of Jesus, and, and, and God does all these things in us so that again He can work His miracles through us that 's the point that 's the point for us. To be to be you know light in this dark world for us to be able to, to show people the God we serve. And and also all those miracles, right? Salvation and intercession and, and, and sanctification, all of them are miracles in and of themselves. Why? Because only God Himself can do them. He's the only one. And whenever God moves, it's a miracle because that means the supernatural has now invaded the natural. That, that's what takes place when the presence of God shows up and he moves amongst his his people. And so man, what an incredible, what an incredible thing. And and man, we must be a people to utilize these miracles so that we can look more like him. A people that will utilize these miracles to brutalize the enemy. And I said it right. You heard me right. Brutalize. I'm telling you, man, Christians need to get a little bit more gangster in their voice. I'm telling you, we do. We really do, man, because I'm telling you, the enemy's not playing, He's not playing with you. He's not playing with me. He's not playing with our community. He's coming after us. He desires to steal, kill, and destroy every good thing in your life. And if we don't start manning up and womaning up, I don't know if that's a word, but I made it up. If we don't start, I'm telling you, man, he'll wreak havoc on our families, in our communities, on our country. Christians have been asleep way too long been asleep at the wheel way, way too long. See, the Bible says this, that man, the heavens the heavens suffer violence and the violent take it by force, meaning call down, man, call the Lord down upon him. We are not gonna stand for this any longer. We're not gonna stand by. You'll have to go through me to get to them. You go right ahead. And I know how to pray. And I serve a God who is greater. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. But we got to get ruthless, man, against the enemy. Get brutal. Come on, tell your neighbor, get brutal. Get brutal. Probably be the only time I tell you to say that to your neighbor. <sighs> Talk it to your spouse, not at your spouse. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, man, we got to get, get brutal. And so today we're going to continue talking about the miracle of sanctification. I just can't get away from it because um, what an incredible miracle it is. But the title of the message today is one move at a time. One move at a time. This miracle of sanctification happens one move at a time. Come on, tell your neighbor, make a move. Tell him, say, make a move, yeah. It's one move, one move at a time. You know, when I was sitting down to, to start writing this message and, and studying for this message, I, I started to think about people Right, started thinking about all you guys and picturing all of you here with me and us walking through the things of God, just picturing people too in general, right? And, and something that, that comes to my mind and I think often I would think most people would agree with this, but most people wanna do better, right? Like most people desire to get better in life. There, I don't know too many people that, that sit there and say, man, you know what? I woke up this morning, I wanna do worse today, than I did yesterday. And listen, if they are saying that they're probably in prison or they're headed there. Like it's one of the two, like there's no middle ground. You know what I mean, cause that's just not a normal way to think. That's not a natural train of thought. I want to be worse than I was before. No, no, no. Most people want to get better. They desire to get better, to, to, to be a better parent, to be a better husband, to be a better wife, right? To do better in their jobs and to do better in their their careers. People desire typically to do better and get better. And because that's true, I really felt like today that the Lord wanted to, to, to show us what this looks like practically, what it could look like, what it should look like in a practical sense so that we know what it looks like to get better and to do better. Because here's the thing, here's the thing that I've, that I've found to be so true. Most of the time, it's really hard to see our own growth in life. It's, it's really difficult to see that we're doing better, right? It's hard. Why? Because of close proximity. Now, somebody else could look at you and say, oh, wow, man, you're doing great. But, but to look at ourselves, it's, it's really difficult to see that we're getting better because it happens over time. It's one move at a time that we get that we get better. And, you know, it's funny because I was, some of my friends, I was thinking about this time, some of my friends, they, they've, got, they've got four boys, right? And, and all the boys are under seven years old. Now, these friends of ours, we, we, we go through stages, seasons of life where we see each other a lot. And then other seasons where we don't see each other that much. You know, it just depends. Life is what it is and it dictates some things. And, and this last time that we seen them, prior to that had been a year almost one full year. Now we talk all the time and we text all the time, all that, but, but we don't see each other. We didn't see each other for a year. And then all of a sudden we hang out with them and we see them. And his boys were huge, right? Like literally huge. And I was like, bro, what in the world is going on with your boys? Like, what are you feeding these kids? Like, they got to be eating you out of house and home because they are getting big. I mean, they're shooting way up. And and, and they're also, they're, they're getting better, man. They listen better. They pay attention better. You tell them something, they actually do it. I'm like, dude, train me how to teach my kids to do what I tell them to do like you are doing. I was like, man, they're getting bigger and they're getting better. But for him, it was really hard for him to see. He was like, what are you talking about? Because I went on, I probably overboard a little bit, not me, but anyway, <laughs> never, never. I'm always so subtle and calm. Docile would be the word I'd use for me. Um, but I was, I was like, dude, this is crazy. I, I don't know, how, how'd your boys do that, that quick? This is insane. He's like, dude, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. He's like, yeah, I guess they're getting bigger, but I, you know. See, for him, being with them every single day, right? Every single day, moment by moment, day by day, step by step, move by move, because he's with them all the time, it's hard for him to see the growth that his kids are experiencing. But for someone like me, who doesn't see them, very rarely, but aren't with them every move they're making, Right? every step they take. For me, it was easy. Oh my goodness. Look how big and look how much better. Not that his boys were bad before. I'm just saying, like it was borderline, but, (laughs) but so yeah, I was like, man, they're getting, they're growing bigger and, and, and better, man. They're growing bigger and better. And this is how it works with most of us for our growth. And I'm not talking about our height, because listen, I, I, well, some of you are young, so you'll still grow. But me, I, I, you know, my MBA dreams were killed a long time ago. And so I'm not gonna get to six, seven or nothing like that. But, but I am talking about how we, we grow as people, how we are getting better in our pursuing of Jesus. Sometimes it's hard for us to see it and equate it. And, and so we often wonder to ourselves, at least I do, am I, am I doing better? Am I getting better, Lord? Am I, am I doing what I need to be, to be doing as a follower of, of yours? And because this is a question, right, that we, that we ask, I felt like the Lord wants us to, to just put some practical steps to it. How do we know and how do we, we gauge? How do we gauge we're getting better? See, the reason miracle of sanctification is so difficult to recognize in ourselves is because it happens over time. It happens over time, right? One move at a time. Becoming like Christ is one move, one step, one foot, one decision after another in order to become like him. And so hopefully by the end of of today, hopefully by the end of today, we'll have a picture of what it could look like, what what God is looking at. I hope by the end of the day, we're encouraged and we're challenged, right? Challenged to take another step towards Jesus. Encouraged by the fact that that, that he's with us, that we're not taking any of these steps alone. We're making no moves on our own, that every step we take, every move we make, he'll be watching us, that he's right there with us. The miracle of sanctification is, is quite the challenge. It's quite the challenge, not only because we can't sometimes see it because we're too close to it, but also because we are a very impatient people. We're super impatient. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, man. We're a microwave society, right? That's what we live in. That's what people call it. So I just stole it, but that's what they say, right? See, we don't want to wait on our dinner. So what do we do? We nuke it. Let's just nuke it. Let's get it over with. Get out of here, right? And because we want what we want and we want it right now, it's difficult for us to wait, but yet that's what the Lord says to do. be still be still and know that I am, am God. But we like the shortcuts. If we were being completely honest with ourselves, we'd probably prefer the shortcuts, right? We probably do. I I know I do. I look on my GPS for the shortest route. I don't want to drive an extra 10 minutes. That's my life you're dealing with, right? Like I don't want to waste 10 minutes of my life. And so, man, we, we're always looking for shortcuts, but the, the, the problem is when it comes to the miracle of sanctification, there's absolutely no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts in becoming like Jesus. It takes one move at a time. And so today we're gonna illustrate it for you. That sound like fun? You guys okay with that? So I'm gonna need some crowd participation, a bunch of it, and we're gonna slow rock this thing. I'm gonna take you slow. Like we're not gonna hop right into it. We're gonna get you warmed up a little bit so let me ask you this how many of you like board games you, you like board games board games yeah amazing nobody right here in this section likes board games i'm just saying nobody put them back up for me one more time please put them up put them up high keep them up keep them up because i'm gonna now i'm gonna point out and you tell me what is your favorite board game sandy what's your favorite board game um, shoots and ladders. and ladders that's a good one that's a good one rachel Sorry. sorry another sorry listen we love sorry we do in our house. We play it all the time. We played on. all Tori, Tori, talk to me. Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah, it's a great game. That's a great game. Chuck. I like Yahtzee. Yahtzee's a good game. Had somebody in the last one say, say, what, Scrabble. I was like, that's a thinking game, man. I don't even trying to think. I'm just trying to play. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do enough thinking in life. I just want to veg out. Well, so look, you didn't say the game I wanted you to say. Praise the Lord. But, but, our, our family favorite, sorry. That's, that's our family favorite. Now, my personal favorite is Trouble, probably because I am Trouble. But I, I like Trouble, right? So much so I asked for it for Christmas. It's like, Santa, get me this for Christmas. He let me down. Man, I must have been on the naughty list. I didn't get it, but I think I got it for Valentine's Day. I think. Cross my finger. I've been a good boy. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. You never know. You never know. But yeah, so look. After I did some research on board games, and now after all the research I did over this past week, week and a half, man, I've become a PhD in board games, right? But what I found was, which was kind of interesting, was some of the the most family favorite board game, one of the most family favorite board games was Candyland, Candyland, Candyland. And I guess the reason it's a family favorite is probably because it's a short game, right? Like, and when you got little kids, you got to do things really quickly because they got an attention span of a centipede, right? Like they, they, you ain't keeping them long. And so you better get through this thing really quickly and have a bunch of colors on it so they'll, they'll stay engaged with it. But yeah, Candyland, I thought, was, thought that was interesting. But So today we're going to use Candyland to illustrate this message today of sanctification. I thought we would have some fun with it because we're talking about a very deep, very weighty subject, sanctification, getting rid of you and becoming like him. That's what it is. It's just that simple. Cutting off you in this place where you become, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith. In the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is sanctification. I am crucified. I'm gone. And he's the only one that lives. This is the way that we're trying to head. After the miracle of salvation, we head into this miracle of sanctification. And it's one move at a time, just like a board game just like a board game. Now now remember, hear me, we're talking about the miracle of sanctification, not the miracle of salvation. Because the truth is this, the miracle of salvation is a more of an immediate change. That's what the Bible says. It's more immediate for us. It it really is, right? The Bible says that we make this move. We, we, We declare that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We are saved. That's what the Bible says. We're saved. However, however, the story doesn't stop there. Jesus makes this statement, the only type of saving faith is faith that endures to the end. It's the only type of saving faith. So in other words, if we make the move to salvation but don't make the move to sanctification, our faith will not endure to the end. It will not and it cannot. It will not and it cannot. See, this is why the apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter two, verse 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is why in Colossians, he's saying, walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him in all respects. See, our salvation is not a matter of what we do, but what we do matters. It's not a matter of what we do. You can't save yourself. It's only by grace through faith that you're saved. So so it's not a matter of what you do, but, but what you do matters. See, our move towards sanctification is a sign of our salvation, but not the cause of our salvation. If it was the cause of salvation, then you could earn salvation, but you cannot. You can't earn it. But as we are following Christ through this life, living a life for him, it's a sign that we've given our lives to him. It's us letting the light of Jesus shine through us. Walk in the light as I am in the light is what Jesus says. And our sanctification happens one move at a time. Tell your neighbor, make a move. Make a move. Make a move. Okay. All right. Here we go. Three volunteers. I need three volunteers. Don't make me come to the crowd and get you, but three. Awesome. Heather, come on up. That's amazing. You're amazing. There's one. I need two and then a third. Come on. Chuck, bring it on down. Come on down, Chuck. Bring it on down my man. I need one more. I need one more. Hey, and also the, the stage crew, could you guys help me get this flipped around, please? One more. Come on, Miss Lisa. Amazing. Amazing. They're going to get this thing flipped around for us. And here's the cool thing. Now you guys will all get to go and, and brag that you, 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 you preach a message at church. You can go tell your friends and family. Hey, look, I preached my first message. Amen. And you get to choose your color. Which color do you want? First come, first serve. Choose your color. You got to get your color. This is your, this is your figure. <laughs> there you go. Blue. Flip better around. There you go. Bam. Awesome. They're going to bring us our table and get us set up for our game here. We got a traffic jam on aisle two. Aisle two. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So if you guys could sit down. Just come sit. Put this like this. I'm going to show you how to put it. Right like that. Bam. I want them to see it. Bam. There we go. You just have a seat right there, Chuck, and just hold it beside you. Right like that. Okay. So I think a lot of us know how Candy Candyland works, right? So we're going to take a journey from Candyland as we're headed to the Holy Land. Come on, somebody. So <laughs> that's really corny. But at 40, you really don't care anymore if you're corny. You just don't. You're married, got kids. Don't really matter. But... <clears throat> Yeah, so Candyland, the object of the game is what? It's to, to get to the top of the board, The you know, the fastest, right? What's the object to play any game? It's to win, right? We play to win the game, channel my Herm Edwards, but yeah, so you got to get up there as quick as you can. And there's, there's different cards in the actual game that you have to pick up. And the card will dictate your move, where you're headed next. Some cards will advance you quickly up the board. Some will advance you really quickly up the board if you get a specialty card. Other cards will push you backwards. It will set you back a little bit on the board. And isn't that sometimes how that feels in our walk with Christ? It, it, it really does, man. We'll feel like we're making these great strides, these great moves towards him. And it'll feel like he's greatly advancing us to him. But then, man, something will happen. Something will happen. And it'll feel like we're moving backwards. Because here's the truth. Our moves allow God to move in our lives. Our moves, our moves will, will allow God to pour more revelation over our lives to pour more, more knowledge of who he is in our lives, it allows him to do that, our, our moves through, through life. Now, now hear me, it's, it's not, we can't earn it from God, right? But it allows God, it allows him to move. So while we're moving through life, we then open ourselves up to allow God to move in our, in our lives. See, see, Jesus says this, he says, if you're faithful with little, I'll give you much. If you're faithful with little, I'll give you much. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, if you continue moving with me, faithfully walking with me, faithfully making moves towards me, I will give you much. It allows him to move in our lives. Matthew chapter six, Jesus makes this statement. He says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will be added unto you, right? Our moves allows him to move in our lives it's amazing and so what we're going to do is you guys are going to draw the cards we got our own cards today by the way it's not the Candyland game cards now you guys move your guys along the the thing however that would look i don't even know how it's going to look but just do it anyway just for fun <laughs> just for illustrative purposes bring us into the game thank you it's a little long the table huh yeah a little bit a little bit long okay so each one of these cards represents a move that they make in their daily life now remember this is about the miracle of sanctification not salvation all these people we're assuming they are are saved they already gave their life to jesus and now they're trying to make it to to become more like jesus as they walk through this life and and we're going to see some real practical steps to to be able to check are we doing better are we doing good so that we can measure our growth Miss Lisa, you start first, please. What's your say? I didn't curse. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I didn't cuss today. Amen. That's real talk, man. I'm serious. Like that, I can remember one time in my life when I came to Christ, I had a potty mouth, man. And, and, and when I gave my life to him and I realized, wait a minute, I can't talk like that anymore. It was a real struggle for me. I mean, I, I literally had to choose how to watch my mouth how to make sure I paid attention to what was coming out of my mouth. But, but it's a necessary move for all of us to make because Proverbs chapter six says it this way, a worthless person, ouch, a worthless person, a wicked person walks with a perverse mouth. They just say whatever, cussing people out, saying whatever they want to any old body, any old time they want. A worthless person, a wicked person. This is why it's so so necessary to watch what comes out of this, to watch it. Proverbs chapter 10 says it this way. It says that the lips of the righteous know what is fitting. People who have given their lives to Christ and they're walking with Christ, they they watch what they say and they know how to talk. They know what's fitting for the time that they're in and they, they don't let perverse language exit their lips. But the mouth of the wicked, again, is perverse. They, they cuss and say all kinds of things. Why? Because how we talk and what we say, it matters, guys. It matters. And so if in our lives, we've struggled with this thing and maybe we're still struggling with it, right? Maybe we still struggle with it every now and then. We lose our temper and we say things we shouldn't say. We know we, when we say things we shouldn't say. We know exactly when we're doing that. Well, man, every day that you choose not to say those things, that's a move in the right direction. That's a move towards sanctification. Now, today, I'm not going to do it. I get mad and I hold it. Mm, nah. What I want to say, but what I'm going to say, two different things. Come on, that's a move in the right direction. Let me see. What's your card? Turn a card, Chucky. All right. Please. We got. I didn't lie today. I didn't, that's right. You're good. I didn't lie today. Oh, yeah, we didn't move. Perfect. I didn't lie today. Listen, this is a big one. This is a big one. Man, we gotta make sure we're a people who tell truth. We gotta tell the truth. Hear me. I didn't lie today. This is a move in the right direction. Did you know Jesus says this in John chapter eight? Listen to this. In John chapter eight, Jesus makes this statement. He says, if you lie, you're like your father, the devil. Ugh, ow. Jesus, tell me how you really feel, really. You're like your father, the devil. He's a liar since the beginning of time. It's his native language. It's his native tongue. So when he speaks, he lies and he's the father of lies. And if you lie, you are like your father, the devil. That's what he says. That's what he says. See, we gotta be a people who tell the truth. Constantly making sure we're telling the truth. You know, it's funny, right? So I'll tell you a story. I can remember years ago, years ago, Right, I was really young in my past So I had this family bring their son to me and they wanted me to counsel their son. The kid was like nine years old. Okay, he brings him in. And they're having trouble with him lying. He, he just keeps lying. He lies about his homework. He lies about what grades he gets. He just, he just keeps lying. Pastor, you do something with him. Is literally what they said. And so I break out this verse. I'm like, if you lie, you're like your father, the devil. Like, I was like, it was a wrong move on my part. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm still repenting for that. Like, God, I didn't know. Like, I I got lost in the moment. Man, we got to be a people who constantly tell the truth. And here's the thing. Because we live in a world where there's constant lying. I mean, you can't even turn on the television and believe anything. Like, you really can't. You just can't. Everybody's lying. And because lying is so prevalent in our culture, you know what we've done? We've created degrees of lying. We got them color-coded, man. That's a white lie. Oh, that's a black lie. Oh, that's a big lie. That's a small lie. No, no, no. A lie is a lie. It's just that simple. There's no excuse for it. Did you know we can't lie to spare people's feelings? Now, I'm not saying you'd be mean, but you don't lie to spare people's feelings. You can't lie to get out of trouble. You can't lie to avoid conflict. Well, it's for the better good. Don't matter. You got to tell the truth no matter what. There's, there's absolutely no excuse for it. And do you, do you know what I love most about the truth? Here's what I love most. You don't have to remember it. You don't got to remember the truth ever. You say it, you're done. You say it, you're done. You lie, you got to remember it because you got to keep that lie up. You got to keep that facade up. You got you to gotta remember every lie you say, but not the truth. And listen, man, we got to understand what a lie is we got to understand, if we tell people we're going to do something and we don't do what we tell them we're going to do, it don't matter the intentions. It's a lie. It's a lie. If we tell people, hey, we're going to be there at this time. We're going to do this and we don't show up, don't matter the intentions. Well, I meant to. Don't matter. You didn't. It's, it's a lie. It's a lie. And, and man, we gotta, we got to be a people who honor our word because our word, our word matters. Did you know what a surefire way is to, to tell if somebody has a real problem with telling the truth? It's when they say, I swear. You know what I'm talking about? Like, hey, I promise, I promise, I promise I'll be there. I swear to you this time. I swear. You know that they're a liar. I'm just being honest. They struggle with lying. Jesus says this, yet your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything else beyond that is from the evil one. Man, we gotta be a people if we struggle with telling the truth or half truth, however we wanna say it. Man, start, start making the decision to make the right move. Nah, yeah, I know what I'm about to say is gonna, gonna get me in trouble. But hey, yeah, I did that or I did whatever. But be a people who tell the truth. Come on, next card. You guys with me? Amen. Amen. Out your amen. I downloaded a Bible app. Yeah, that's a great one. I downloaded a Bible app. See, things like this, for real, these are moves in the right direction. These are, these are taking steps Towards Jesus, right? We got to make this move. Downloading a Bible web. See, the Bible says this, write his word on the tablets of our hearts. Write it on the tablets of our hearts. Joshua chapter one, verse eight, the Lord declares, he commands it. He says, you shall meditate on my word day and night and do everything in it according to how it is written. Is what he says. And then you will make your ways prosperous you will make your ways prosperous. See, this is a a commandment of God to be in the word of God. It's a commandment. It's not a request. It's not something nice. If you do it, it's good. If you don't know biggie, no, no. It's a problem if we don't do it because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And every day we decide not to get into the word of God, we're making a move and it's in the wrong direction. And we've gotta be in his word. And downloading a Bible app might be that first step, the the first move towards sanctification for you. Did you know King David says it this way in Psalm 63? He says, early in the morning, Lord, I seek you. Early in the morning, I seek you. Man, this is a perfect way to start our day. Open up our new Bible app and read a few verses. And I'm not saying you gotta read 10 chapters. I'm saying five verses, 10 verses but start writing the word of God on the tablet of your heart and it will begin to fill you and, and strengthen you and encourage you. It, it'll be it'll be insane. And this hunger and thirst will grow and grow and grow and you'll want it more and more and more. But it all sta- starts, it all starts downloading the Bible app. Amen. Amen. Next card. Stop listening to frontal advisory music and turn, turning on worship. Yeah, so... That's a great one. There you go. Yeah, clap. That's good. That's actually really good. And I'm telling you right now, this is a big one. Turning off the parental advisory music and turning on worship music. You know, there was a time in my life when I had to make this decision and it was the greatest decision I ever made. Stop listening to that garbage and start listening to something that is edifying my soul, feeding my spirit, speaking things good over me instead of negative over me. And hear me, you've got to learn how important this is because music is a huge deal. It's a powerful weapon. It's a powerful weapon and the enemy knows it. He knows it. The Bible says that Satan, before he was cast out of heaven, was a seraphim. The most beautiful of all angels, a seraphim's job is to shower God's throne with worship music that's its job he was the worship leader of heaven and so he knows how to get a response from music he knows exactly how to do it and this is why he uses music so effectively nowadays and this is why man we can be sitting listening i don't know an ed sharon song and get goosebumps like the holy spirit just came on us no no no. that's not the holy spirit it's a spirit but it ain't the holy spirit hey, for real this is why we can be listening to someone like i don't know dave matthew's band i don't know And literally start crying because he's singing, whatever. Life is a wonderland or something. I don't know. I can't can't remember anymore, but start bawling, right? Like, oh, music. It's because he knows how to get a response from you with music. Man, we got to be careful. We got to be careful. Music is a powerful, powerful weapon. And it's a form of worship. You know, I can remember back before Christ, I used to go to concerts not very often, That's a lot of people in a small area. It's not me, you know what I mean. Like I didn't like mm, concerts; it was too close. Like get away from me. But anyway, we would be at these concerts, and people would literally be having their hands. They'd have their hands raised up, and they're singing what the person is singing, the artist or the musician. They're singing it right back at them. Listen, whether people like it or not, it's a form of worship. It's it's a form of worship. And what we're doing is we're allowing that garbage to penetrate our hearts and our minds and our soul. We wanna take the right move, man. We make one move. Maybe that one move for you is listening to one worship song a day. Just one right now. Just do one. And I promise you this. I promise you, you'll have more joy than you ever thought of having. You'll have more peace than you've ever had in your life. You'll have more security than you ever had in your life because you're allowing the word of God to penetrate you. See, see, the Bible says this that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so, so worship is so powerful that it causes heaven to invade earth. That's exactly what it causes us to do. So man, when you're at work, whatever it is you do, loading trucks, unloading trucks, whatever, working on cars, throw in some worship music, man, and call down heaven right in the middle of it. And I promise you, man, life will change for you forever. It'll change forever. Like I said, maybe today, today will be one song. Tomorrow, one song. The next day, another song. Until until one move at a time, all of a sudden, now you're listening nothing but worship music. That's all you want to listen to. Because none of it edifies my spirit but the Lord. Amen. Amen. Make a move. Come on, tell your neighbor, make a move. Make a move. move. Chuck, make a move. All right. I didn't get into a fight today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get into a fight today. Some of you laugh, but you laugh because it's true. For real. Like for some people, like this, is, this, is, this is legit. Like I was able to calm my nerves not to punch that dude in the mouth today. Like I'm for real. You know, I'll tell you, I got a real funny story for you one time. When I first took over as pastor here, I was like, I was in it maybe three months, four months, something like that. And uh, back then, I was so green. I didn't know what to do at all. I had no clue. And I used to give the microphone to people. So people would come up, hey, I got a testimony, Pastor. Oh, cool, praise God. You know, like, hey, hunky-dory. Listen, (laughs) listen, the Lord showed me really quickly. Listen, you are responsible for what someone speaks over your body. I put you in charge of it. You're the one responsible for it. So if somebody speaks something over them that is negative, you'll be held accountable. Okay, Lord. So now there's a process to it. You got a word? Submit it. We'll pray over it. Let the Holy Spirit speak it. But anyway, back then I didn't know that, so I hand the guy the mic. He grabs the microphone. At this time we had none of this, right? We were on the floor. There was none of this, no green carpet with duct tape everywhere. But it really, seriously, dead serious. Dead serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John remembers. He's right here. Yeah, yeah. Amen. He hired me. But so God bless his soul, him and his beautiful wife, Bonnie. Had to be the Holy Spirit. Where was I at? Oh, yeah. So I, give the guy, so I give the guy the microphone. I give the guy the microphone. And he starts off. He says, yeah, I'd like to thank God today. Praise the Lord. He says, God is good. And I'm like, hey, we're doing all right, right? He's doing all right. And then he says, I was at Sheets at 2 a.m. I was like, Mayday, Mayday. And I'm looking at the, the sound person like, cut the sound on this mic. I was at the Sheets at 2 a.m., Praise God. And this guy picked a fight with me. That's what he says. And, I, and I, by this time, literally, I'm doing this. I, my head's hurting. I, I, got a, I mean, it's a pounding headache at this point. And I'm like, Lord, please redeem it somehow. <laughs> I'm praying in tongues and everything, for real. Like the Holy Ghost. Like, I'm serious. I was, I, was, I was in it. And he says, yep, this guy tried to fight me. Pick a fight with me. And I knocked him out cold. He said, that's what he said. He said, I knocked him out cold, right in the Sheets parking lot. And I was like, I was mortified, right? I was mortified. And he goes, but I thank God that God didn't let me go to jail. I said, I said, man, most people would say walking away from the fight is the praise of the Lord. This guy was like, hey, it is a personal God for a personal you. If that's where you're at today, praise the Lord that you're taking that step. That's what he said, man. I was like, oh my Lord. That cured me from giving people the microphone. But but listen, this is a big deal. Taking a step away from, making sure we don't allow ourselves get to the point to where we're willing to fight with somebody. Allowing the spirit of God to speak to us. And instead of making a move towards fighting, make a move away from fighting. Did you know Jesus says this right before he he ascends from the earth into heaven, before he takes his heavenly position. He says to his disciples, the last commandment I give you, love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. That's what he says. Very last thing he says to him. Another place he says, love those that hate you. Bless those that curse you. See, we've got to make a move to love people like Jesus loves us. We got to make that move. Amen. Amen. Next card. Next card. This card. There you go. Boom. I prayed once this week. Yeah, I prayed once this week. Amen. I prayed once this week. Yeah, well, once you start figuring it out, you're like, oh, I'll pray a lot more than once. But seriously, this is where we start. This is how we start this walk towards Christ, man, getting on our knees. And maybe it is just one time. But man, we gotta be a people of prayer, a people who realize how to utilize the miracle of intercession. Because man, it's a way that we, we issue invitations to heaven. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's an invitation prayer. Asking God to, to intervene. Next one. It's a good step. I read my Bible once this week. I read my Bible once this week. Hey, I read it once this week. Man, this starts the hunger. So now you downloaded the Bible app instead of the game. And now you're reading the Bible. Even if it is only once. Even if it is only a couple verses. Even if it is, just get into the word. Next, Next move, please. Guy cut me off and I didn't flip him off. <laughs> <laughs> Guy cut me off, didn't flick him off. Didn't flip him off. Didn't give him the flick of the wrist, right? <clears throat> yeah, man, for real though, this is, this is a big deal not to let road rage. It's a real thing. I promise I deal with it, battle with it every day. <laughs> like nobody else in the world can drive but me. I'm just, I'm just telling you like, oh, it drives me nuts. But yeah, man. Got to be able to, to rein it in. Did you know the Bible says that a fruit of the Spirit is self control? It's self control. So when we make a move to control our emotions, when somebody does something we don't like, especially in a car, being able to, to rein it in, okay, all right, all right, and not react to it. It's a great move. Next. Yeah, so setback. It may look like a setback. Remember, we talked about that earlier. In the game, if you pick up a card, you 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 know, sometimes it'll make you feel like you're you're moving back, right? Same thing with with life. Same thing in life. So I didn't pay my tithes this week because I was late on a bill. See, here's the truth, here's the truth. The Bible is clear. Tithing is a commandment, it's not a request. Literally, the Bible says, bring your full tithe into the storehouse. And I don't want your money. Hear me. I don't want your money. If you don't want to bring your money here, go somewhere you can give your money to. This is about being obedient to the word of God. We are to be tithed. And it's funny because we can justify it through all kinds of means. People say, well, it's Old Testament. It's, 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 It's the law. No, 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 no. It's before the law. Tithing predates the law. So God ordained it from the very beginning. Bring your tithe into my house. Why is this so important? I'll tell you why. Because it says we trust you, God. We believe that you are Jehovah Jireh, the God that will provide for all of my needs according to your riches and glory. And so you said, give a 10th of it. I'll give a 10th because I trust you. I know you'll multiply it back to me because your word says you will. Listen, the beauty of tithing isn't revealed to everybody though. It's really not. It's not revealed to everybody. But it can be revealed to everybody. See, in that text, when when God tells tells them, listen, bring your full tithe into the storehouse. He says, test me in your tithe. Test me. In other words, I want to reveal it, so test it. (laughs) Test me in it and see that I will open the floodgates of heaven, the windows of heaven, and pour out such a blessing, such an increase that you won't be able to contain it. That's what it says. And tithing is not only financial money being brought back. It's not. It's also revelation of God's word, of who he is. I'm telling you, it opens up something completely new in the realm of who the Lord is. And this is a major step. It's a major move towards sanctification, tithing. Okay, next. I got baptized. Oh, I got baptized today. Yeah, that's amazing. What an incredible step. Did you know the Bible says this, that you repent and then be baptized? Repent, then be baptized. That it's an actual step of obedience. It's a commandment. It's not a request. Repent, be baptized. The church hasn't done a very good job at really explaining what baptism is. But man, it is a a commandment. And when we take that step, when we make that move, it's us publicly declaring we love Jesus. When we get baptized, it's us being obedient to the word of God. And did you know this? Jesus says this, I know who love me by those who obey me. And so when we are obedient to God's word and what he says, we're showing Jesus we love him. We love you, Jesus. And hear me if, if you've never been baptized before. We got a baptism service coming up March 21st. Man, do it. If you've never done it, do it. What an incredible step. What an what incredible move in your faith to be baptized. Next move. I prayed every day this week. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Double. Next move. Next move. <clears throat> I read my Bible every day this week. Read my Bible every day. Good. Next move. <clears throat> I entered into worship every day this week. Come on. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. We download the Bible. We begin to read the Bible. Then we begin to read it every day. We throw away parental advisory music. We start downloading Christian music and we start listening to one song a week, two songs a week, three songs a week. Now the next thing you know, we're entering into worship every single day. We started praying one time, all of a sudden, man, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding began to guard my heart. And now, man, I can't get enough of prayer. And now I'm praying every single day. This is how we begin to increase in our walk with Jesus, moving towards sanctification. Next. I joined a small group. Join a small group. Amen. This is a step of discipleship. That's what that is. I'm moving towards discipleship. Sunday morning just isn't enough. It's just not enough. I love it, but it's not enough. I need, I need more. I need more training. I need more direction. Our small groups will start up very, very soon. Next. I invited someone to church. Wow. I invited someone to church. Come on. Yeah. What amazing. That's amazing. Next one. I shared my faith. So I invited someone to church, and now I share my faith with someone. These are bold steps. It's a boldness for Jesus. And that's what happens. It's a move towards sanctification, being bold for him. See, Jesus makes this statement. He says, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father. It is so important as we walk towards sanctification to be bold in our faith. Amen. 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 Next one. A someone close to me betrayed me and I lashed out. Isn't that how life is though? Isn't that how life is? Man, we're reading our Bible every day. We're praying every day. We're worshiping every day. We feel God, man. We're joining small groups. We're being baptized, man. we're, We're living for him. We're going after him and then boom. Something happens and blindsides us, knocks us off track. And we're like, well, wait, wait a minute, God. I was in your presence. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was moving for you. What in the world is this? I I couldn't control this. This person, this is out of my control. But they betrayed me. But they betrayed me. This is this is life, man. There's a lot of ups and downs and ins and outs in life. Sometimes we're on a mountaintop. Next minute, man, we're in the valley. We're in a valley. But did you know this, the Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, it says that the the mercies of the Lord are brand new every morning. The mercies of God are brand new every single morning. So when life begins to get crazy and begins to knock us off our track, we got to steady ourselves with God's mercy. But he's merciful. He's steadfast. He's with me and for me. And so what do we do? What's the response so that, so that we, we don't continue to move in the wrong direction, but that we flip this thing around? What's the right response? It's, it's okay. I forgive them. They betrayed me. I forgive them. It's hard, but I forgive them. I lashed out to them. I go and repent. Oof. But they did it to me got to go repent. Did you know this? The, the, the Bible says, this is what God says. He says, don't come and bring a gift to my altar. When you got something against your brother, you leave the gift and go make it right. Then you can come back to me. Don't bring it to me until you make it right with them. Man, I'm telling you, this is, this is really, really important. You know, the Lord taught me a valuable lesson in this years ago with my wife. Me and her wasn't seeing eye to eye on something. I felt like she wronged me. And I responded in kind. I felt like you wronged me. Okay, I'll wrong you. Right? Eye for an eye type of thing, right? And so I, 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 I responded back, not pleasant at all. And I left and I was on my way. I can't remember where I was going. I think I was going to the weight room to burn, blow off some steam. And I started praying and asking God, right? And I was actually asking God to fix her for real. I'm dead serious. Like, God, you need to show her. Like, I'm, I'm godly, I'm righteous, and you need to show this woman, you know what I mean? You know what the Lord said to me? The Lord said, You need to repent. I said, Oh, well, hold up, hold up, Lord. Now, wait a minute. She started it. Did you see what she did to me, Lord? And this is what God said to me very clearly. He said, Let me tell you something. I won't deal with you based, of, based off of what she did to you. I'm gonna deal with you on how you responded to her, son. That's what you're gonna be dealt with. We are accountable. We'll be held accountable for our responses, not for somebody else's actions. They'll be held accountable for that. Not you, they will. You'll be held accountable for how you respond. And so we gotta, we gotta forgive them and we gotta repent. And listen, forgiveness is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Because Jesus says this, you better forgive if you want my Father in heaven to forgive you. Oof. Oh my goodness. Forgive so that the Father in heaven will forgive you Did you know the, the the Bible says this that what you give and The measure in which you give it will be given back to you in good measure pressed down shaken together and running over be placed in your lap. Listen to me If you want to receive forgiveness, you better give it You want to receive mercy? You better give it. You want to receive grace? You better give it You better give it because it will be given back From the Lord in good measure pressed down Shaken together. We gotta be a people that forgive other people so that our father will forgive them. Next. Setback back a church hurt me. Oh, yeah. Setback a church hurt me. A church hurt me. Um yeah, this this happens. This happens. This happens often. Churches hurt people. They hurt people. And this can feel like a real setback in our lives. Because after all, I was walking with Christ with them. We were a family. We were, we were a community, man. And, and, and now all of a sudden they hurt me? Like, what is that? I don't understand what, what just happened, God. So it feels like a, a setback. But man, I'm telling you, there's a response that we have, that we have to give. There, there's a response so that our response isn't, I'm never going to church again because I've heard that from people. Because that church hurt me, now I'm never going to church again. Did you know that is the complete wrong response? And God will deal with you on it. See, the Bible says, do not forsake the fellowship of gathering together. It's a commandment. We've gotta gather together. But I'll read my Bible on my own, it's not the same. It's not like, hey, if I read my Bible on my own, I don't have to go to church. No, they're together, they're together. And so we can't allow people that hurt us to make us bitter. We can't allow it to happen. But here's the truth it happens. Do you know why? Churches are filled with people. And do you know people are really fallible? And at times people are very selfish. And so people sometimes make mistakes and they hurt other people. And our job in that is is to respond with, okay, Lord, I don't know what this is or why this happened. But God, I pray that you would take what the enemy meant for harm and you'll use it for my good. Lord, I I pray that. I pray, God. I pray even blessing over them that God would reveal it to them. Did you know it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance? God, I need your kindness towards them that will draw them into repentance. This is how our response has to be. God will take everything the enemy means for harm. Everything and turn it for our good if we allow him to do it. Final one. I started serving. Bam. Man, this is a tricky one, especially after you've been hurt by the church. After you've been hurt by the church, how do I start serving in another church? How do, how do, I, how do I start doing that? I don't, I don't know how, but it is an incredibly important move. And it's one move at a time. I'm not saying like, as soon as you, you come into a different church, you just jump in and start serving. But when you, when you can get to the point to, to, make, to make the move, it's a very important move. Why? because you're then a servant leader. This is what we call our people that serve here, servant leaders. Why? Because they are leading with their serving. Jesus says this. He said, I came to serve, not be served. Too often in churches, people just want to be served. I just want to come and eat. I'm just hungry. I'm going to come and eat. I'm just going to come here. I'm going to sit. I'm going to eat. I'm going to enjoy worship and I'm just going to sit and not serve, not give anything back to the body. Did you know this, that God has anointed you and gave you giftings that I don't have and that no one else has, that you're supposed to use in the body? If we withhold ourselves from serving, we're withholding something from Christ's body. That's literally what the Bible tells us. We're withholding ourselves from him because it's his body. It's his bride, not ours, his. And so when we don't, get involved and help where we can help and do what we've been anointed to do, man, then, then we're not fulfilling and we're not doing what God has called us to do. We're called to serve in the body. When we're only using our gifts to, to earn our own living, right, our own livelihood, which we need to do, but when it's only centered around that, it becomes very selfish. And God causes us to be selfless, not self-selfish. So, man, what a step. What a step. What a step towards sanctification. Man, to serve, to be a servant leader. God, use me any way you want to use me. I'm good to do whatever, God. You just tell me what to do. And I tell you, man, here, here we got a lot of stuff going on all the time, ton of stuff. We do a ton of outreach here. Why? Because I'm trying to take this community for Jesus. I'm telling you, I believe it. I believe it. Thousands coming to know Jesus right through our ministry, right through our, our hunger and our thirst for him, right through our willingness to serve him and serve him well. I'm believing it. They already told me we couldn't go from 20 people to over 400. They already told me that that already happened. Man, I'm telling you, I believe it without a shadow of a doubt. God is going to start pulling the people in, but we need each and every one of you and your giftings and your talents to get these people saved. To reveal Jesus to them. And in the process, it sanctifies us because it makes us a part of something bigger than us and outside of us. Important step. Paul says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 10, he says, walk in a manner, move in a manner, walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Everything we just went through, this is walking in a manner that is worthy of Him. Not limited to these things, obviously, but just to give you an idea of what it looks like to get better, to be better. Small steps, one step at a time, one move at a time. Walk in a manner worthy, worthy of the Lord, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is speaking to us, allowing God to move in our lives. Our moves allows God to move. It allows him to pour out more knowledge on us, an increase of love. He'll increase all these things of who he is to us as we allow him with how we move towards him. Amen. Amen. Listen to me. Our sanctification is not the reason for our salvation but it is a sign of your salvation as you're walking towards Jesus go ahead and stand to your feet please hey could you guys give them an, a, a, a round of applause please thank you <clears throat> yeah they did amazing oh hey wait hold up I got you a gift it's Valentine's Day even though no one won the game no one won I'm gonna give participation trophies. We really don't believe in that here, just in case you're wondering. But today, since it's Valentine's Day. Thank you. Thank you. My man. <clears throat> Amen. Yeah, man, we gotta we gotta make a move. We gotta make a move, make a move towards Jesus in our decisions every day. Did you know Jesus makes this statement? He says, Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. Worry about today. Worry about today. You know where we get ourselves in trouble? Well, how am I going to do that for a week? How am I going to read the Bible every day for for the rest of my life? No, do it today. Just today. You just worry about today. I'm going to get up this morning. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to get up this morning. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to get up this morning. I'm going to turn on one worship song that day. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's got enough troubles. It'll take care of itself. God will be there to walk you through it. But today, today, make the move today. Make another move towards Him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Man, if you're here today and you've never made the initial step, not even the initial move towards Jesus, you've never given your life to Him, you've never declared, Jesus, I want you to live in me and move through me. If you've if you've never done that man we would love to pray with you and have you take this opportunity to make that commitment and that step towards him and if that's you this morning you never have i'm just going to ask you just to lift your hand where you are we're not going to call you out of the seat but i just want to recognize and we're going to be praying with you each and every each and every one of us amen amen All right, let's say this prayer together. Every one of us, repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. So Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my all. I receive you. I believe in you. In Jesus' name, the Bible says you are saved. Come on, give the Lord a clap.